Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns, and another beautiful day here out traveling with me in the jar. You saw the little commercial there. Uh, that was a, a voiceover I did almost, man, two years ago uh, when I was planning the trip and trying to imagine what would be, what, what I would discover in traveling across country, going to 111 cities, meeting 400 people, hearing their stories. I uh, did not expect the mental health uh, as being the thread. But that was the common thread across uh, the first 250 interviews or so. So I started this show, started mental, uh, started the JAR Foundation, again, to see what I could do in my little uh, part and kind of tackle the mental health crisis. And, and part of that journey is understanding it and getting a better idea on uh, what, the, what the crisis looks like, what the shape is, and then also just trying to see what kind of treatments are out there and how are we, you know, how do you get in and how do you find help? Uh, what does that look like and what what changes are happening in the industry to meet the demand? Because it's an incredible uh, crisis unfolding and it's been unfolding for quite some time. And, um, and I think it's really interesting. So, you know, one, um, you know, one bright spot is I think is a lot of young professionals getting into the space and kind of putting a much better package around mental health and making it something that's more attractive and, and feels more comfortable kind of finding and uh, Susan, Susan Mueller today are, are, is our guest. And um, I think it's really interesting what you, what you guys are doing, Susan. I like, I like the whole approach. It's not just sit down and talk anymore. You know, I think most of us, a lot of us uh, on the outside see mental health and, and psychiatry services and everything is really a place where you go and, you know, you sit down and talk on a couch. And I think relief mental health, uh, what you're doing is really, really well put together. And I want to hear, you know, hope the, the audience wants to enjoy a little bit more information around it. So Susan, welcome to the show. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and, and then we'll start diving into what you're doing over at Relief. All right. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited to be part of what you're doing. I think what you're doing is really cool. Um, and we need more people like you mm -hmm. that are out there just talking to everybody and, and finding out what their human experience is. So it's very, mm -hmm. very cool. Um, I'm Susan Mueller. I am the CEO of Relief Mental Health. And, uh, you know, outside of my job, I'm also a mother of four children and a wife and a, a dog owner. So I got stuff, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I started Relief Mental Health in January of 2020. So okay. really good time to yeah. start business, right? Um, there had been this sort of, I, I had worked in the healthcare field for a long time. Mm -hmm. And there was something about mental health that always drew me to it. I had grown up with mm. um, a family that had... Uh, some some family members that had some mental health issues, um, pretty severe one with mm. 
someone that my parents took on as, as a foster child, as a child, and, you know, really just wanted to understand more about the mental health world. And every time I was exposed to it, 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 it continued to just be very interesting to me. Uh, there's, there's so many people that don't understand how to navigate the mental health space. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when I had an opportunity to look at TMS, which is how we started our company, Transcranial oh, okay. Stimulation. I thought okay. this is just such a cool treatment and it's so yes. different than what other, other people are doing. Uh, so the idea was just to do TMS here. That was that was all we planned on doing and we opened. Really? Know, Interesting. That was it. You know, that was the plan. And uh, because it was a treatment that was so different that didn't have, you know, we didn't have to use medication. It wasn't just yeah. sitting around and talking. It kind of, it was is something that embodied a lot of parts of mental health that I really enjoyed. Uh, people that had treatment resistant depression, mm -hmm. um, people that had tried medications and failed and that just were sick and tired of the same old thing. That was really the the goal was to, to do, just do TMS. And, and I, I planned on uh, opening a couple of facilities and, and that would be it. So we opened our first one in Oak Brook, Illinois in January of 2020. And of course, you know, six weeks after we took our first patient, we had this worldwide crisis on our hands. That's uh, so wild. The timing is crazy. The timing was crazy. It wasn't intentional. Right. Uh, and during that time frame all of the traditional mental health services that were available mm -hmm. were shutting down. You know, people mm -hmm. were going into treatment. They were going into residential facilities or partial hospitalization programs or intensive outpatient, and they were going virtual. That was, and, and so the, the human connection was sort of lost, yeah. right? And they were looking for something different. Uh, they needed a human connection still. So people were looking to do, what can I do that actually is in person and I can interact with a human mm -hmm. being. And in that time frame, we saw a lot of people in person and, you know, we saw this need for more and more. We, we opened a couple more clinics and we would find that mental health was a crisis. It was an absolute crisis. It got to this point where everyone was looking for services and there was nothing available. Therapists were on wait lists of three months. They didn't take insurance anymore. Um, they, you know, there was just this need that was That's, yeah. so, so large and, and, and we couldn't keep up. So, you know, everything that we've done has been navigated through the eye of the patient. Um, hmm. Nobody could find therapists. So, you know, we brought a few therapists in. And then our uh, chief medical officer, Dr. Teresa Pokrowski, found this. Uh, she was doing a lot of research on, on what the combination of TMS and ketamine could be. So Ooh. we tried to send our patients out for ketamine, but nobody called us back. Nobody could get in. <laughs> So we decided to take that on ourselves and, and then uh, started to do Spravato, which is the intranasal ketamine, yeah. um, the FDA approved, you know, covered by insurance, all of that. And mm -hmm. we brought that into the clinics um, out of need because patients were needing more at times than just TMS, or maybe they didn't qualify for TMS or okay. um, 
you know, or maybe they needed both, you know, the combination of the two uh, is about 90% effective. So wow, someone with suicidal ideation, someone with severe treatment resistant depression, they're going to need several modalities. And, and that was mm-hmm. where Spravato came in. Um, and, and then it evolved into, well, we need to bring in mental health practitioners that can continue people on their medications. So Right. To prescribe. Okay. To do some post, post-treatment mm-hmm. prescription. Okay. So it just mm-hmm. sort of evolved out of what the patients needed. It, everything was organic. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we continue to do that today where we look at what's out there and what are patients, what are the challenges with mental health and how are they, um, how are they able to navigate it? How are they able to find care? What do they continue to need that isn't offered? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been very, you know, looking at innovation, what's new in the field um, and making it accessible for patients, because that's one of the biggest issues with mental health is the accessibility. So yes, that's really what we've been trying to do throughout this, you know, three and a half years that we've been open. Um <clears throat> We're at 10 clinics in three states. I, I wanted, I was just going to ask you. So you started with one and then you open, you have 10 already? We have 10. Yeah. And are, uh, are you opening these up organically or are you kind of doing a little bit of a partner acquisition thing and opening up? It's all been organic. Um, it, yeah, everything has been organic, you know, just kind of looking at areas that don't have the services that we offer. Yeah. And, you're really just making these things accessible for people that may not have that accessibility, putting them in areas that Mm -hmm. there aren't a lot of, you know, treatment deserts, right? Like you're, you're in New Mexico in a desert right now, but there's this treatment desert of mental health. I would imagine New Mexico is, you know, very underwater on Mm -hmm. number of therapists and number of clinics versus population. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everything that we've done, I, we started in the Chicagoland area and, and kind of kept in that air, the Chicagoland area for the first mm-hmm. maybe year. We expanded to New Jersey <clears throat> out of just like knowing that there was a need for it out there and, and having some mental health professionals that we knew and worked with in yeah. that area. Um, and then we expanded into Wisconsin uh, in the Milwaukee area because there wasn't really anything like what we do. Um, but, you know, one of the things about mental health is it also doesn't wait. So mm-hmm. in working in mental health, you know, now and before when I had worked in mental health for several years, there was always this air of like, yeah, we can get you in. We'll see you in three weeks. <laughs> I mean, if you were having a heart attack, they're going to get you into the ER, right? Oh, my goodness. In a mental health crisis and they tell you they can see you in three weeks. There's hope. Right. Like, how? I mean, that's, that? like, that's hope. <laughs> that's insane. So, I mean, it was my goal to figure out a way to get people in right away. Yeah. You know, within a week. But yeah. I think that's a huge challenge. It's not only knowing how to navigate it, but it's also how to get into something quickly and how to, how to make sure that patients are getting what they need. I mean, and imagine you're having suicidal ideations and you go to the emergency room and they send you home. 
I just, I've just now, uh, you know, the conversations, a lot of things unfold for me when I, as I'm interviewing people. And one was talking to somebody about trying to get mental health professionals into the emergency room. So you could die, you know, literally that's a tree. I mean, for me, it's shocking that we don't have that. Mm-hmm. Like that's the most logical triage. I mean, people coming in there, everybody in the waiting room has got a mental health issue on that moment. Like hundred percent, everybody in that room, even especially the kids or the, the yeah. spouse, right. Or the, the children or the parents, like that's a mental health crisis right there. Everybody yeah. in that room needs some kind of advice in that moment. And definitely a lot of patients are in there who are, who probably end up being sent home because there's nothing physically wrong with them. Right. Wow. And it happens all the time. I mean, think about it. You know, people think they're having a heart attack. They're having a panic attack. Panic yeah. attack, right? Yeah. Um, yes. They have severe stomach issues, um, but they've got severe anxiety, but nobody's ever really. But it's it's them. really, ang- it's nothing to do with the stomach. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's. There's so many, there's, there's just so many things that you could go to the ER for that. They, yeah, they, they, they need those professionals. So. You said something earlier and it was kind of made, made me think of a question where you're talking about people who are treatment resistant mm-hmm. and they end up, you know, they end up finding help with ketamine and, and uh, the T, TD, TDS. TMS. It's TMS, sorry, TM, t- transplant. Cranial I, magnetic stimulation. Yeah. Say that five times fast. I, I, I couldn't even get it out once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not start people off with that kind of, you know, it's. It, I mean, that is a great question. And it's it's actually, it's, it's one of the things that uh, people are advocating for yeah. now today i think it's actually insurance companies have lowered their standards of you know what the requirements are the requirements for tms used to be astronomical you know you had to try a very significant amount of therapy you had to try six to ten medications first and it's it's really loosening the reins um there is a lot of research on what you try um like the first modality, if you yeah. try meds, it will lower your chances of the next thing you try by one third. So every to, to work. So your your chances of something working go down by a third every time, uh, every time you try a new modality. So it, it's it's called the Stardy study. You can look it up. It's very interesting. Okay. But, you know, especially with adolescents, which uh, is is something that we're still you know looking for coverage on for TMS. You know, it's a very safe treatment. Uh, yeah but it isn't FDA approved technically for adolescents quite yet, but neither are most of the psych meds, right? Like your, your basic psych meds are the FDA approval is for 18 plus, but now insurance is starting to recognize, you know, those things as needed care. Hopefully we'll get that with TMS, but I mean, I will tell you the, the, the earlier on in your treat, in your, yeah. your crisis stage that you, you try TMS or try Spravato, the better off you'll be, permanently and long term. I mean, if we can get to people at the very beginning stages of their mental health. Yes. Journey, um, the chances of them getting better, staying better, the sustainability of those treatments are, you know, it, it it's such a big difference. Um, I, the data I've seen on it is great. It's, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's well, and you, 
if once you understand what's happening in the brain, the physical, the physical stuff that's going on, mm -hmm. um, and you understand, you know, how you, you build these tracks and you just keep running down the same sort of negative conversations. Right. And you're building it, you know, you've, you've got a, you can't drive out of a rut in a four wheel right. drive truck, you, you know, so your brain is, you, you can't help yourself and no, you can sit on a couch for 10 years. It's not going to, it's just going to make it worse because if you're just re yeah. you're reliving that experience, so you're driving through the same trough again and again with the therapy. That's a great analogy. Actually. I really like that. Um, yeah. I mean, we've, we've yeah. seen the younger the patient is and the earlier on in, in their mental health, journey or diagnosis that we can get to them, the better it is, uh, the better that they, they get. And the durability is huge when it comes to that. It, it really, it really works. So it'd be great if we can offer this as a first line of defense, that yeah. thing. but, um, yeah. you know, real, realistically it's there's, there's FDA coverage and, and all of those things that we have to worry about. So. Yeah. It's just going to take time for the machinery to catch up to the data. Yeah. I, sure. I have a feeling, and then the ad, and then the advocacy, and then there'll be you know, there'll be some turf fights, you know. You should, I'm sure there'll be some turf wars in there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it's it the, the beautiful part about the crisis is there's a lot of attention, uh, but with unfortunately sometimes with attention comes a lot of money, and then you know then comes the bad guys, um, and then everybody's fighting over the dollars, and, and yeah. we lose we lose sight of the patient somewhere in that in that conversation sometimes sometimes not always. <laughs> And, and I think that some something that is interesting about the field of psychiatry, the field of mental health, is most of the professionals have gone through their schooling without these modalities at their disposal, right? So TMS is somewhat new. Uh, it has pretty recent FDA approvals, it's, it, and, and it's just been covered by insurance for maybe nine years. So... You think about it, like psychiatrists didn't learn this in med school. No. Um, therapists yeah. don't learn about it. And even with the ketamine and the spravato, and, you know, these are new things that there's this kind of a skepticism. And, and psychiatry has been very much, you know, write medications, do therapy, and send them on their way. And that's been their only method. ECT, you know, electric shock therapy basically is, you know, that, that was one thing that they had it there. I, I interviewed somebody that had it and I was like, wait, what, they're still shocking people? No, it's, I mean, you would be surprised at how often people are still getting that treatment, but right. that was the only thing that was outside of medication and therapy. Yeah. They said he, he was treatment resistant. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the only thing that was offered, but you know, TMS and TMS has um, similar efficacy to it, but it it doesn't you know require anesthesia. It's not going to cause memory loss. It's not going to require uh, a hospitalization. You know, there's a lot of negative side effects that come with something like ECT. It works for a lot of people, but you know, do you want? What's the trade-off sometimes? And I think that being able to be introduced to TMS is really cool because you don't have those side effects. You don't have yeah. to go to a hospital. You drive yourself to an appointment. You sit here for 20 minutes and talk to a really awesome person for 20 minutes while, you know, they, they have this, yeah, tapping. you know, you put a helmet on, it's, 
it, people love coming here. I mean, it, they have a great experience. They 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 never want to leave, which is hilarious to me. Like they they just become friends with our technicians, <laughs> and then uh, they become part of our family in a way. And uh, you know, we've had so many patients that have come through this door that maybe did ECT that had zero success with it because there were just too many side effects from it. Yeah. And they come in here and they do TMS and they're going to work again. They're getting dressed and they're getting off the couch and they're going to school. Oh my gosh, I've had so many, we've had so many younger people that maybe were totally stuck that mm. they couldn't get through their day at school or, you know, just couldn't go to school. They were paralyzed. And they did TMS and now they're like off at college. And That's wild. Doing some great things. Contributing to society. I mean, wow. Who would yeah, imagine, imagine just, you know, being disabled from your, <laughs> from your mental health, right? And, and actually, it's not even a mental health. It's, I mean, some, it's a physical problem almost mm -hmm. that you're healing, right? Because yeah. I mean, TMS is actually physically repairing the brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is. It's 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 creating and repairing neuropathways in your brain, and yeah. um, that that's that's a big deal. So it's like surgery without the knife, in a way. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah. really innovative procedure that's offered in psychiatry today, which is really cool. Um, and it primarily treats depression, uh, yeah. but it's also FDA approved for OCD. Um, it has some efficacy in a lot of off-label things, you know, uh, dementia, bipolar. Uh, it, it has an FDA approval for uh, anxious depression. It has an FDA approval for smoking, um, which is also cool because it's the first addiction uh, modality that's offered in that in that sense. But what about I'm epilepsy? Uh, it I haven't seen it used for epilepsy. Uh, and sure, I don't think of, you know, like Alzheimer's, anything where you've got brain, yeah, you know, so, degradation or, you know, it's just missed. It's just not firing correctly. Yeah. There's uh there's a lot of research on uh, anything neurological, yeah. you know, being able to be treated with TMS, but it's not FDA approved yet. So, um, but we have done some, some off label stuff with patients that have dementia or Alzheimer's or even patients with MS. There's a lot of research on Parkinson's. I, uh, I would imagine there's a lot of research going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of research still. Uh, and we use a machine, the medical device we use is called Brains Way, which is a really cool company because they're constantly doing research and they're looking at new modalities and new and new ways to treat patients. They really have a, a leg up in the research. So there's a lot of medical devices that we could choose from, but this, this company is really, you know, the gold standard when it comes to TMS. Using, I, I want to say I interviewed somebody from there or somebody that interviewed that used the product. Oh yeah. I mean, you should, if you haven't, you should find. Yeah, something. I should. I should. Yeah, I, I want to say I interviewed somebody from the company, but I can't. I've already got a hundred. I already have a hundred shows done, and like sometimes <laughs> it's it takes a minute. I know the company right. though. It's I a great it. company. I mean, they they really are investing in research and getting people better, and they're very dedicated mm. to getting their product to, to do as many possible things as they can. So. Very cool. I think I'm chasing them. I think that's what it is. Is that I've, 
I think it was a, another podcast. Somebody's using that, using their product in their, in their facility. And oh, I think really? I'm, yeah, I think I'm chasing, I think I've got some emails out to some of the people. Yeah. Well, let me know. Uh, I can make an intro to you for okay. you. Oh, good. That'd be good. That'd be good. Um, yeah. yeah, I, that, that question of why, you know, why don't we start with things that we know have a 90%, I mean, if something's 90% effective on people who are the 10% fail of the system, like logically yeah. you start them all, <laughs> you start everybody off with that and throw everybody else to the, to the traditional therapy. But I think, like you said, it would take a long time for people to get their head around the change because mm -hmm. it's flipping the whole, the whole funnel, yeah. the whole process, the whole treatment funnel upside down. Um, well, and, and it's educating patients and clinicians too, right? I mean, if you've never had mental health treatment before, how would you know, right? And it's not like they're on TV talking about like, are you depressed? Uh, <laughs> thing, and they're not. I mean, it, it's sad, but no, we don't have those conversations. No. So, I mean, it's, it's really getting it out there. And what you're doing is really cool because you're telling people about these things that exist, which it, 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 again, it's that accessibility piece, right? You know, if, yeah. you, if you've never dealt with yeah. mental health issues, how do you navigate them? Yeah. And the stigma of just, you know, getting out and talking about it, you know, Norm, we're talking about it. And I think therapists, you know, were, it was a mystical practice for men, you know, for me, a, a therapist was a mystical thing, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody with, you know, a beard and, you know, smoking a pipe I sitting, with, <laughs> yeah, you know, sitting with a, you know, I had, I have my, my, you know, my instant recognition is so archaic. It's like, right. I have an 1880s perception <laughs> of what a therapist looks like. And, you know, and obviously it's, it's obviously drastically changed, but, right. but that's, I think culturally, that's still probably a lot of the culture, you know, um, at least within the, the old school system, there must be a real strong DNA of culture inside the field. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I definitely think people are more open to understanding therapy, right? Understanding mm -hmm. the mental health field and, and more open to diving in and getting treatment than they used to be. Uh, you mean, yeah, the general public. Yeah. Yeah, for yes. sure. Like it's come a long way. It's come a long way. It, it yeah. had such a huge stigma around it for so long. And I think it still does for sure. But, but it, maybe with the pandemic, people are a little bit more open to talking yeah. about mental health and and the younger generation, your kids, I mean, the college kids, I think anybody 30, 30 ish mm -hmm. and under is very comfortable talking about mm -hmm. how they're feeling, what their emotional mental state is, how their, you know, their, what their confidence level is just their, their own mental well-being. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody I've interviewed with the jar that's been younger is it, mental health is part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's really, there's a lot of hope there. I mean, the younger generation's really way more in touch and way more open and oh, for sure, you know, there's no shame in it. It's, it's, and they check on each other, mm -hmm. which is also very interesting. You know, yeah, they are more sensitive to other people's feelings and what they're going through, which you can really appreciate as opposed to, you know, 
the psychotic craziness culture of corporate culture that I was used to. (laughs) (laughs) Where if you saw any any weakness, you took advantage of it. (laughs) Isn't that true? But I mean, I think even some of the, you know, the older population now has sought refuge in mental health treatment at this point. And we saw a lot of that over the pandemic. That was an interesting, it was an interesting thing to witness because people, a lot of people that were maybe alone, maybe they were a widow Mm. and they lived alone and they were struggling and they didn't see any people. They would, have some sort of refuge. Absolutely. Yeah. You go alone long enough, you go crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, like really crazy. Like you can really yeah. go get inside your head too deep. It's not a good place to be alone with, and with the fear porn that we were running. I mean, you know, we had a 24 seven, um, you know, fear being spread into mm-hmm. the, into the general population. So if you're older and alone, it'd be terrifying. Yeah. Is it, I mean, it must be one of the joys of the business. I mean, there's got to be a lot of joys. Um, but one has got to be seeing somebody come in, never been, never had treatment, comes in and you just change somebody's life. This has got to be the most, in some ways, a rewarding, really a rewarding business. Oh, 100%. It's pretty unbelievable to watch somebody's life change. I mean, we've had... Mm-hmm. I, you know, I could sit here and talk about some of the stories yeah. of these people yeah. forever um, because it's, it's remarkable how much people's lives have changed. You know, there's, there's, I mean, there's people that have, and the most m- remarkable stories are the ones that they've tried everything, right? Yeah. We have people that have tried everything, literally hospitalization after hospitalization. Oh man. They, you know, they, they're on disability because they can't work. Yeah, can't, yeah, can't function. Or yeah. they have such bad OCD. They can't function at all. And they come in and maybe they start with TMS or maybe they're doing no. bravado. Maybe they do both. And their lives are literally changed. We've seen people that have been isolated for years that go off and get a job, get married. I mean, go away to college. There's... Those are the stories that make you want to do this job yeah. every day. I mean, no matter yeah, right. how much stress, you know, running a yes. business would be, yeah. to hear these stories and it it's just incredible. Susan, we're we're right about that time. Um really awesome. I mean, I can't be, talk about somebody doing some really good for humanity. You know, you're running a business. And like you said, all the stress and everything else associated with it. And sure, you're trying to earn some, you know, to build a business for your family and build something. But you're also doing incredibly powerful work. Um, Thank you. More power to you. And boy, it'd be great to see 20 offices open up. Yeah. Well, that's the goal for sure. Yeah. And, you know, think you're just doing you're doing twice a month. Right. You're finding all those people in all the corners, you know, of the country coming out of their closets. Right. Who have been, like you said, who have been they're at the end of the rope, right? Drugs yeah. don't work. Nothing works. Hospital. I mean, the hospitalization sounds so desperate. Um, yeah. And to be able to come out of that and find some hope uh, is powerful stuff. How about any kind of a closing message for, you know, for the world or for any, maybe a patient listening or maybe a practitioner listening that's looking for, 
I'll kind of leave it up to you. And I think it's really important to do your research, right? Know mm -hmm. that there is something out there for everybody and that stuff does exist that maybe, you know, you just, you, I would say to, to clinicians or to, to therapists and people that don't believe or don't understand this, yeah. do the research, um, learn about it because it could save somebody's life. And that's really the message that's so important. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the scoreboard we've got, right. Mm -hmm. Being in this, you know, being in the, in the space right now, it's a, it's a brutal scoreboard, you know, which yeah. is the suicides per day, right. The rate of suicide and, and there's no running, no hiding from that number. No. Yeah. But if everybody knew that there were so many options now, I maybe we can. Yeah, you'd have a big impact. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have a big impact. Yeah. Well, this Susan, thanks so much for being a guest. Um, thanks, you know, man. I think and and great what you're doing. Like I said, what you're doing um, with the with the clinic and the services is fantastic, and I love the your branding is really good. Your team looks really good. You know, <laughs> I go through and research the, the the website. You guys got everything going on right now. And it's just a, how many, like you said, how fast can you grow and how fast can you help, help more people tomorrow? Really beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks for yeah. what you do. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for, thanks for being a guest and big shout out to everybody uh, still listening. If you're listening to this on the recorded episode, uh, thanks very much drop down to whatever app you're listening on and give us a review, uh, little comments, and probably more importantly is to share. Because like Susan and I talked about, uh, awareness of mental health and people being able to find solutions, not just talk therapy, but there's a lot of different ways to get help. And uh, we hope we can highlight some of those. Susan, thanks again. Hang around. I'll, I'll see you on the other side in 30 seconds. Sounds good. Thanks, Ken. Okay. Thanks again, everybody. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I took eye with a man.